everybody once again welcome back to the mosaic campus church podcast so happy that you are here with us today um, if this is your first time listening with us thank you so much for checking this out um, today we are continuing our sing me a song series that we've been doing uh, this whole year actually ever since september i believe we started uh, and it's been great so far and today's talk is actually part two with one of our worship leaders courtney sturge uh, where we are looking into uh, the hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. So she gives us a bit of a background story to the song. Um, she explains a couple lines I had no idea what they meant, um, which is the case for with many hymns. Uh, but she just talks about uh, having a greater appreciation for hymns as well. And so I hope you enjoy this. If you never listened to part one, uh, I suggest you go listen to part one before you listen to this part because uh, there's so much wisdom in that one as well. So make sure you check that out if you haven't uh, yet. As always, if you have any comments or questions uh, after this talk, feel free to reach out through one of our social media platforms. We would love to hear from you. Uh, but as always, enjoy, and we'll see you soon. So with this hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, can you kind of, I know you shared a bit of this the last time you spoke at Mosaic, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but can you share a little bit about like where this hymn comes from and maybe even to like, I don't know, the title kind of speaks for itself, but can you give us like, I don't know, just a brief, like what is the main message of it? Yeah, sure. Um, so It Is Well With My Soul was written uh, in the 1800s, uh, written by a man named Horatio Spafford. I think that's how you say his name anyway. Um, and it's, it's about, you know, generally that life, kind of throws us some curveballs sometimes and there's challenges and trials and um, sometimes unexpected things that come up. Um, and so this, this man uh, who wrote the hymn, he was a successful attorney. Uh, he's a real estate guy, um, very rich, very well-to-do. Um, and he ended up losing um, a great deal of his business and his money and whatnot uh, in the great Chicago fire in the 18th. Um, and around the same time, he lost his son, who was four or five, I believe, uh, um, to scarlet fever. So after that had happened, um, he sent his, he was going to go overseas um, to England, I think, and um, was going to do some work over there. And so he sent his wife and his four daughters on a ship to England, and he planned to join them um, later because he had some business at home to deal with like still from the fire and recovering whatever um so he sent them ahead of him and when their ship was crossing the atlantic ocean um it was involved in a collision and the ship actually sunk oh, no. um and i think two to 250 uh people lost their lives including all four of his daughters um, so he had lost his business, his money, uh, his son, his daughters, all his children. His wife did survive, um, and she sent him a telegram, which is now pretty famous, um, and it just said, saved alone. Mm -hmm. So she was the only one who, who made it from their family. So he immediately um, set sail to, for England to go and meet her, um, and at one point, during his crossing of the ocean, um, 
where they passed the captain of the ship had also had actually known of the, the tragedy that had happened to him and his family oh, and he was passing over the spot where the shipwreck had occurred and where his his children had um drowned and died and he said he has said that in that moment when he was passing over the part of the ocean where his um children were involved in the shipwreck and died um he just felt comfort and hope um and that really filled his his mind and his heart and um he wrote down these words that kind of came to him at that time peace like a river attendeth my way um whatever my lot it is well with my soul and that's kind of where the hymn came from yeah so that's what to me this is why i'm doing this series on this podcast because it this just gives you a better appreciation for this song right like it it tells you where you can sing it from and what situations it can get you through right like yeah absolutely yeah so the only thing is though like this song like many hymns is written in this like king james old english language so even like i i, I put the question down to ask you um i gotta bring it up and make sure i say it right because so what happened was i think either you led it or you asked a worship leader leader to lead it when you spoke yeah and they the, yeah so the worship leader came up to me and they said steve i don't know what this line means in this hymn i've heard it my whole life I yeah. have no idea what the line is. And it's in the second verse. It says, though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control. Yeah. So can you explain what that means? Because I didn't, when she asked me, I had no idea what buffet meant. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So, and again, um, this is something I had to look up when I started leading the song, because like you, um, had sung it my whole life and um, like lots of hymns. Um, and when I started singing it, I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't even know where that comes from. Um, but is that a buffet? Like, I don't yeah, yeah. know. <laughs> what is that? Yep. So um, the word buffet actually means like a physical blow or a hit. Okay. So um, I think what that portion of the song and that verse is trying to communicate is that like when trials come our way and things happen to us that feel like a blow or um you know we feel like we're being attacked or whatever um then it says let this blessed assurance control and that assurance is what we're singing about in the whole song is that Mm -hmm. jesus is for us and he saves us and um you know that assurance uh, that he's for us and with us and he's with us and he's for us and um, letting that control means that that knowledge even when we're going through trials and we feel like we're being hit from all sides and attacked and whatnot that should steady us and sustain us no matter what blows or trials or challenges uh, come because we know that we know that um, who our God is and who goes before us and behind us uh, and who's for us and who uh, is working all things together for our good. Um, so that's, that's the assurance that we're talking about. Um, and that's kind of what we're, ta- we're talking about throughout the whole song too. Like um, that Christ has regarded my, my estate where I am and died for me, shed his blood for me and saved me. Um, And so that knowledge, that assurance of who God is and what he's done for us, steadies us and sustains us, gives us peace 
um, no matter what um, trials come. Yeah, oh, that's that's good. Um, hopefully, people hear it and really kind of gain a better appreciation for. I mean, I'm sure there's like people from Mosaic and stuff like that that could probably pass on hymns, but yeah, I think I think you explaining what this means and. I mean, we all face these situations. We all go through these situations in life, even though this guy like wrote it however many years ago, like we still face similar situations, right? And so to have a, a song that can kind of help us through that and even help us teach us like who Jesus is and who God is in those situations. So yeah, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, one last question for you okay. um, that doesn't have to do with the hymn. Okay. But- so obviously we're in this like weird time with COVID um, and probably a, a majority of people, they rely on uh, Mosaic Sunday nights and worship Sunday nights for like their, the worship part of their spiritual journey. Yeah. So, but obviously like that's, it's kind of taken away a little bit. I mean, we have worship through our stream Sunday nights, but that like, that's hard. Like I'm mm-hmm. sure people are doing the best they can with it, but it is it's really cold and hard to kind of plug in so is there any like creative things that either you do or you've heard of how people can keep up kind of that worship aspect of their life in this weird time yeah for sure um it is tough to engage uh with a live stream yeah and even if you are engaged um it feels weird to worship in your living room or your bedroom or whatever it's just it's not the same it's not the same feeling as being in a room with um you know, your church family. And uh, yeah, so it's tough. It's weird. I, I find it tough. Um, I'm at a total like screen fatigue yeah. <laughs> type deal. Um, so it is, it's tough. It's not the same. Um, but I think that listening to worship music on a live stream um, is even different than li- listening to it like on your phone or whatever. Um, so I personally listen to worship music in my car, in my shower, um, on my way to work, whatever. Uh, and I think part of it maybe is lots of us are maybe tuning into a stream in our living room, in our basement. Maybe we've got roommates, maybe we've got family members around. And it just, it feels weird to kind of get into, um, to really worshiping and focusing. And it's just a weird space. Um, So what I would encourage people to do, what I try to do is get in a space that you feel comfortable worshiping in. So if you got to play worship music while you're in the shower, because that's when you're alone and that's when, you know, nobody can hear you or whatever, do that. If you got to go for a drive and blast it in your car, uh, because that's where you feel comfortable, do that. Like Mm. uh, get in a space where you can just not worry about you know, other people or being interrupted or, or anything like that. And, um, I also like to listen to live worship, like live songs or old worship services, um, where people are actually in in the room and singing. Um, cause that makes you feel like you're part of corporate worship. Cause I know even, you know, our worship leaders are doing an amazing job, um, leading worship from home, but it's tough and you're the only one singing. So it's weird. Um, but if you listen to like a live worship where there's like, a a congregation or, um, an old worship concert or whatever, where people are actually singing, 
um, that is helpful and it makes you feel like you're not the only one singing, you're not the only one worshiping, it makes you feel like, you know, when, you, when we're together and we feel like we're a part of something in corporate worship, it kind of gives you that feel too. Yeah. And the last thing I would say is like, if you're really, if none of that works <laughs> and you're really struggling, um, I would do like a study or a devotional or whatever on worship and maybe pick one that's on worship songs specifically. Um, that'll kind of take you through the song. Um, there's lots of good ones out there. There's lots of ones on hymns and all kinds of different worship songs, new, old, whatever. Um, but that'll take you through the song and kind of explain like a little bit like we did tonight, where it comes from, what it means, and then maybe listen to the song yourself as well. Um, and then when you know where it, where it comes from and um, what it means and, and all of that, that's a little bit more meaningful as well and easier to kind of get into um, than just kind of listening to a cold too. So those are some things that I find helpful. And again, too, like, it's the attitude of your heart too. Like, you know, you might be doing things throughout your day, like maybe your job, you're serving people. Um, maybe you're a healthcare worker and you're serving your community and you're working really hard and maybe uh, you're a student and you're studying and whatever. If we do all of that with, a, with our heart in the right place and with an attitude of worship and giving glory and worth to God, then all of that is worship too. Um, and I think we sometimes get caught up on um, music being worship, um, which it is. And um, I love worshiping in that way. It's my favorite way to worship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but sometimes we get so caught up in that. Like I have to be in a, in a corporate setting or how do you watching a live stream to worship? Like, um, and that's not true. So um, yeah, getting our hearts in that right attitude that what we're doing in our lives every day are bring if we live them to bring glory to god then that's worship too and sometimes that even shift um can make us more comfortable when we are in a worship setting where we're we're singing and worshiping in that way too